Rodgers and Damon Bennett. We are back live from the Pinnacle Bank Championship over at the club at Indian Creek. Welcome back to the show. Robbie Lula, Andrew Rogers here on Coffee and Cream this week. We appreciate you joining us and we appreciate our next guest taking some time and joining us as well. His name is Kevin Price and he's the associate editor at PGATour.com at PGA Tour Kevin on Twitter. Kevin, good morning. It's great to see you, man. Good morning, guys. Great to see you as well. Thanks so much for having me on. Kevin, I can't I mean, be there this year. I know. I, I was I was just about to say, I, I wanted to see your smiling face here. I mean, <laughs> you made the tournament enjoyable, at least for us media guys last year, I, uh, especially for her dad. You definitely helped us get from point A to point B on most days. Uh, there's the Corn Ferry Tour. I call it the greatest league in sports, just with the guys chasing their dreams, trying to get to the PGA Tour and this year, it's a reimagined format with the top 30 on the season-long standing, so the cards will be awarded a little later in the year, so my schedule sadly didn't line up to come. But I obviously love Omaha. My mom was born in Omaha. I'm from Buffalo, so haven't spent too much time there, but always is great to get back, and I'll be, I'll be back there soon for sure. <laughs> You hear the sights and sounds of the course behind us. We got the blowers over at 17 going for these guys as they've already teed off. The field is full of great stories. I mean, you have David Skins, who's won twice here. The young, up-and-coming Pearson Cootie and Parker Cootie, the twin brothers. You have Sam Saunders, who's the grandson of Arnold Palmer in this field. Who are a few players on, on, on your mind that you're watching out for this tournament? No, so it's so funny. I mean, it's kind of early in the season. It was really the year of the vet on the Corn Ferry Tour in the sense the guys like David Skins, who was one before coming up, and Scott Kacheski, Omaha um, native who won emotionally at the Lecom Suncoast Classic, which was awesome. Great birdie in a playoff. But as it's kind of progressed this summer, we have this PGA Tour university program, and a lot of the guys right out of college have um, been able to come out and make a quick impact. Adrian Dumont Chassart, who's on the course now, I see he's even through three. He's someone there's a lot of buzz, not just in the Corn Ferry Tour circles, but in the golf world as someone who could really take that next step pretty quickly and be a superstar within a few years. Obviously, you never know. There's a lot that could happen in golf, but he won his first start at the BMW Charity Pro-Am, so I'd look for him to have a good day as well. It's funny, I'm seeing checking the leaderboard now. You mentioned Pearson Cootie having won last week in – or having won two weeks ago at the Price Carter Charity Championship in Springfield, Missouri. He has two wins this season now. So if you win three in a season, you get that automatic promotion to the PGA Tour. So obviously a long way to go. But if he stays up there, he'd be someone to watch. And then another couple guys on the veteran side, you have Spencer Levine, who's kind of a popular cult figure in the game, just always very exuberant with his personality and a great guy. He's fun to watch out there. He's right around that top 30 bubble in the top 30 on the season-long standings, with this being the sixth-to-last event, will get their tour card in mid-October. So those guys right around that top 30 line, there's a lot of kind of stakes for them as they're trying to jockey into position. And then for the guys higher up, it's like a Pearson Cootie just going for that three-win promotion, who with him and Ben Coles and Rico Hoey and Ben Silverman haven't already locked up their tour cards. But yeah, so many cards still at steak plenty going on plenty of storylines you know i could go on and on <laughs> kevin you mentioned adrian as kind of a maybe up and coming star who are some of the other young guys on 
either at this stop or on the tour in general that you could maybe see winning at a high level on the PGA Tour sometime in the next few years? Totally. So there's this guy, Alejandro Tosti, who's out of the University of Florida. He took a couple years as a pro to kind of get his feet under him. But once he has, he's shown a lot of firepower, a lot of low rounds, definitely a fiery guy, plays with his heart on his sleeve. And he's eighth on the points list, so he's really on the verge of getting that card. You have a guy, Jackson Suber, out of Ole Miss. He's only in his first full year as a pro. He began the year with conditional status, needed a runner-up in the land of Lincoln a couple weeks ago. So he's 18th on the points list, and to put himself into that position, just kind of at that stage in his career, there's a lot to like about that. They, and it's funny, I'd be remiss, you know, that you always kind of, with Pearson Cootie, his twin brother Parker is also in – Pearson was number one on the PGA Tour U college ranking last year, but Parker was right there at number six. You know, Pearson has had some success winning the three times already on the Corn Ferry Tour over the last two years, but Parker, he's right up there in the top 30 on the points list, and he has plenty of game as well, and it's kind of fascinating. Their grandpa Charles won the Masters in 1971, and he was a PGA Tour pro for a few decades, so they have plenty of resources when it comes to picking brains what's it like to play at the highest level so you could really see both cootie twins doing well and it's also nice to see kevin doherty who a couple years ago was a central bubble character in omaha when it was the last event of the regular season playing well just to keep his card he's taken a couple steps forward this year he's oklahoma state alum who's been on the corn Ferry tour a few years and it feels like he's kind of ready to break out and with his kind of getting a little better every year as his career has gone on kind of trend could see that progressing to the PGA Tour as well. Kevin, do me a favor and break down the PGA Tour U for those that may not know what it is. Mm-hmm. So basically, the it's a program that was introduced. This was the third year of it, so it's a pretty new program where the top college players, based on a points formula and ranking, get direct access to PGA Tour sanctioned tours. So the number one on that ranking gets directly to the PGA Tour, for that season and next. So this year that was Ludwig Aberg. That was new this year for the first couple of years. That was just to the Corn Ferry Tour. But now number one moving forward gets a PGA Tour card right off the bat. Numbers two through ten get some sort of Corn Ferry Tour membership. Whereas the top five eligible players that week who decide to play will get to play on the Corn Ferry Tour. So basically two through six guaranteed. And then the rest of them will probably get some starts as well. And then that extends to number 15, where you also get status on the PGA Tour Americas Tours, which are now on PGA Tour Canada and PGA Tour Latin America. Those will blend into one for next year. But So basically, you're looking at top 15 on that ranking, and you have to be a, se- a graduating senior to be able to get that status. So 15 college players each year will get that status. And what it does, it allows you to avoid having to get ready to go to Q school which can be a grind and uncertain, even for the best players. You know, Jordan Spieth missed the second stage of Q school. Cameron Young missed a Q school. Will Zalatoris missed a Q school. Like Q school is a lottery in a lot of ways. Got to have your best for a couple different weeks and a couple different months. So being able to supersede that is a huge benefit for these kids. Evan, do you think the uh, this PGAU and, and everything like that will – make it more appealing? I know we're early on in the process here. You think it'll make it more appealing for high-level golfers to go the college route and try and get their way through either the Corn Ferry or the PGA Tour that way, and we'll see 
just a higher level of college golf because of that? Totally. It shows that like you have that avenue, whereas there's nothing before PGA Tour U, there's nothing really keeping you in college when it comes to that status, where if you leave after one or two years, like Justin Thomas leaving Alabama after two years, or Davis Riley left a semester early, guy who came through the Corn Ferry Tour, played in Omaha a couple times. But before this program, there's no real tether status-wise, obviously getting your degree and everything, all very important. But um, to just go a semester early, go a year early, kind of go into the wilderness. I know Will, Will Zalatoris has talked as well. He left college a semester early, whereas in just hit the road on the Monday qualifying circuit and, you know, finished his degree kind of online. He's still finishing his degree, I believe, as he's rehabbing from a back surgery. But to be able to know that you finish your four years, get your degree, have that status, I think over time that strengthens the college program as a whole where players know that they're having that status. And it's crazy to see with Adrian Dumont de Chassart winning, Ricky Castillo, also a PGA Tour U guy from this year. He won in Wichita the very next week, taking down Adrian Dumont to start in a playoff. And you're seeing some of these guys. Um, I believe Ryan Burnett also has had a nice start to the year. He's playing in Omaha this week. He was a PGA Tour U guy. I mean, these guys are totally proving that they Ludwig Aberg on the PGA Tour has had four or five top 25s, I believe, from that category. So the college game with a high level of talent, it totally fuels them and sharpens them. And it's such great preparation for the highest level. And they're coming out and proving it. Kevin, we're talking to Kevin Price, associate editor at PGA tour.com. Kevin last year and a number of years prior, this was the final stop of the corn Ferry tour guys who finished in the top 30 would earn their PGA cards. Still a few events to go though, this time around to see where those top 30 guys stand. So with that being said, who are some of your favorites on the outside looking in on that list? And who do you think could put together a late run, some late magic, and get themselves in contention? Oh, for sure. No, I love the question. So you're looking at Chris Goddard up. It's funny how I go to the leaderboard, and this is such, you know, the scores through three or four holes truly does not matter. It's like, you know, calling a hockey game when someone scores two minutes in. Like, there's plenty right. to go. But Chris Goddard up, I was like, oh, he bogeyed one. But, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of time left. He's 37th on the list into the um, week, and he's a guy. He won pretty much all the major college awards. He was a four-year player at Rutgers who then went to Oklahoma for his fifth year and kept getting better and better. And this is his first full year. He hasn't quite taken the Corn Ferry Tour by storm. A lot of the projections or, you know, pundits would have guessed that he would have rolled right through but pro golf is you know there's a lot of different ways that the transition can be tricky or just a little bit not even slower just the the learning curve and he's 37th on the points list but you could look for him to he could pop off a win at any time as he proved in his college career and i mean 37th it's not like it's a bad year so i'd look for him to keep breaking up over those last few weeks this guy frankie sappen he grew up in minnesota he um made it all the way through pre-qualifying last year with his mom on the bag, which was a fun fact to get his status at Q school. He also sectional qualified into the U S open on that 36 hole longest day in golf two months ago through that longest day in golf and him being a rookie, he's at 38th. He's kind of right knocking on that door where a couple big weeks puts you right in Chris Pete fish who 
kind of last week broke on the scene with a runner up in Utah where he posted a number 23 under only for Roger Sloan to finish birdie birdie to beat him. But Pete Fish is 47th on the standings and he's kind of tracking at the right time toward getting that card. And also one final name, Wilson Fur out of Alabama. Great personality, just a fun guy out there and someone who I think once he gets onto that stage of the PGA Tour, have a lot of fans. Reminds me a lot of the guy Grayson Sig in Demeanor who came through the Corn Ferry Tour and played Omaha a couple times. But Fur had a, some severe struggles to start the year, but rattled off a couple straight top tens to move from the conditional category into a spot where he was able to play the rest of the year. And he's been on a nice cut-making pattern, and he's 50th on the list right now. Mm. I could see him making a way up. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard, obviously – it's such a crapshoot, but it's fun knowing that uh, that, a, that a few of these guys will make that run and there will be a lot of movement as the last few events. With the final four events also providing elevated points, so there will be even more volatility those weeks, starting in Boise. Kevin, I uh, want to bring it back here to Omaha and the Pinnacle Bank Championship a little bit more specifically. Do you see the field this week as a little bit of a crapshoot as well? I mean, g- give me kind of a ballpark. How many different guys do you think have a shot at at being the winner on Sunday? Yeah, so it's kind of that, – that's a good question. So it's probably a two-part answer in the sense you have like those five to seven guys who have been – you know, playing well all year that are right up there, the the Pearson Cooties, the Ben Coles, the Ben Silverman, David Skins, like Dumont, like those guys who are probably who you would see as the favorites who have been pretty much contending week in and week out, who you'd expect to be there right there. And then as much of a cliche answer as it is, just to be able to get a spot on the Corn Ferry Tour, really anyone who has played the whole season and has earned status to get out here really is capable of winning. They've proved it from kind of their body of work to get to this point. And you see it year in and year out. A crazy example is last year, Andrew Kozan um, had missed 11 cuts in a row. (laughs) Then he goes and wins in Utah, I believe, the week before Omaha. That's right. Totally changed his whole career. So you see that stuff all the time. I mean, and when you think that like stuff like that can happen, it's hard to count anyone out because you can't only – use form going into the week to predicate it because it's such a fickle thing. You know, someone might just really like the course that week or they might be on the range and get a swing tip either from the co- their coach or a friend or a fellow player on tour or something. They just kind of tweak in their swing and that just works for a week. And a lot of what pro golfers say, which is funny, like, you know, you get a good swing tip and you might get three or four rounds with it and then you have to move on to another swing key. But that three or four rounds, when it's a week like this, it can work and you can get that win. So the, yeah, the short answer is five or six with those best chances, but then you can get a wild card from anywhere in the field, which is part of what makes it so fascinating. Kevin Price, you know, we're, we're looking at the local kids here too. And I, I'm not too sure how familiar you are with, with the guys that did get sponsor exemptions to play in this event, but, uh, you know, maybe just in general, if you don't know a name or two, you know, what are the actual odds that one that gets a sponsor exemption for their home state, home course, will actually win in front of their home crowd? <laughs> it's it's such a storybook thing, and it definitely can happen. I'm, I'm thinking of, I mean, winning. I, I love the local 
f- favorite local hero angle. I know a couple years ago, Gachewski was contending, and I know right. he, I don't think he was a sponsor invite. I think he was playing on status. But when you get those, it's all the feels. I know sometimes it's more than others. I mean, and even a home region. So I feel like anyone really from Nebraska would relish winning this tournament because it's Noah Hoffman, I think, who got a sponsor invite this week, and I believe he's from McCook which is mm-hmm. also the same hometown as Brandon Crick, which is cool. I know small town, so to see a couple guys. But a guy, a guy like Noah Hoffman, it's interesting. He has conditional status this year, so he made it to final stage, and he's had some success on the mini tour level. So a guy like that, even without the Corn Ferry Tour previous success, you, you never know when someone could pop off and win. He was good enough to Monday qualify into the 3M Open on the PGA Tour a couple weeks ago. He struggled there, missed the cut, but – to have that game and experience that could serve him well. Um, Luke Kluver, I know, did, I believe he made the cut a couple years ago here, or he's definitely played here a couple years. And I mean, as crazy as it would be for someone like that who's not really playing at a full time level to go and win, it can happen. And obviously, those are the stories that are so fun to follow. I see um, Carson Shockey as well. I know he played mm-hmm. here. A couple years ago as well, I remember he played with his brother. We did a package on that, which was fun. They were great to work with. But, I mean, to get the sponsor invite, you've clearly done something with your game and your resume to impress. And the beauty of golf is it's a four-day thing, whereas even if these guys, like, they don't quite have the game to play a whole season and necessarily finish top 30 and get their tour card, maybe they do, but maybe they don't. At this point, they could still rattle off that four days where they're better than anyone and win. And that's the beauty of golf. Kevin, you mentioned kind of some of the stories, obviously the sponsor exemptions with the hometown home state kids, but is there a, do you have a favorite story on the corn Ferry tour this year? A lot of what we've heard is, you know, just how personable these players can be while they're on this tour and things like that. But do you have a, do you have a personal favorite story of, of a player this year? No, that's a, that's a great question. I think, a story I'll highlight is Tom Whitney. He's a guy in, I remember it was actually a couple of years ago, I did a piece on him in Omaha. It was a tough time. He was just coming back. His brother had, he had actually just lost his brother, Bob, his close friend and brother to suicide. And Tom is kind of, it's a like story of perseverance. He's a longtime pro. He spent five years in the Air Force. He was actually a nuclear missile operator. So he was a serious <laughs> Air Force, like in the bunker doing it all. You know, he's a just a family guy. He, Him and his wife have a bunch of kids. Um, he dabbles in property management at home to help pay the bills to make sure they have steady income while he's out on the road chasing their dreams. He's been close before. A couple of years ago, I remember in Columbus during one of the finals events, he missed a three-footer on the last hole Friday to miss the cut, and that kept him from getting his tour card, essentially. So he's been on that line. He's been around a while and he's at 19th on the points list now and kind of and he'd probably he's 34 he'd kind of tell you the same thing at that point in your career kind of you got to take the chance when it comes it's not getting any easier to get this card the kids are coming out hitting it longer the fields are getting deeper the whole tiger boom and its resultant effects are in full swing and golf you know fortunately for me in my career seems to be getting more and more popular harder and harder to get tea time so it's going to continue to get tougher to get a tour card. So anyway, a guy like Tom Whitney, when you're in your mid-30s, kind of looking for that first chance to get your card, you've seen it along the ways with the likes on this tour of Chris Baker, Scott Harrington, Vince Cavello. You get guys who 
you kind of have that chance and you, you kind of root for them to get it when they have their chance. And he's that guy that I would point to as my favorite story that I'm following this year, trying to get his card. If you could be here, Kevin, and I wish you could, because we would chill, we would hang out, we would have a good time. What would you want to know, though? Uh, what is one thing you'd ask a golfer post round on day one at the Pinnacle Bank Championship? That is a good question. If I was there with with the six events left in the positioning to the finals, I'd be talking to a lot of the guys kind of around. I'll throw one more bubble, the 156 bubble, which is to get into the finals. So some of those guys a little down the leaderboard, I'd be asking about their preparation and their mentality and what they've been working on early week and what their vibes are and their plans of trying to make their way through the next couple of weeks to get in the finals. I'd be talking to Pearson Cootie, who's four under through five, just his decision, you know, to come here and play this week after clinching Torbound last week and trying to get that third win and, you know, what's been working so well this summer and kind of diving into his kind of, I guess, wild, productive, but, but still a little bit inconsistent where he's missed a lot of cuts, but won a couple times and kind of how it triggers that he is really able to kick it into gear and not be afraid to win where that comes from. If it's a general player, I'd, I always like asking on day one about the course and how it compares to years past and any holes that are playing different or how the wind plays different than years past and what they're thinking about how the winning score would be. And yeah. And then from there, I just kind of start spewing and see what other follow-ups come to mind. <laughs> it's always a treasure trove of content. That's the beauty. You can't talk with every player. So you got to figure out players for what I would always do. Or what I always do is either who have are in a unique spot status wise, points wise, or have had a, obviously very good round or have had a unique round with, you know, a couple doubles and a bunch of birdies or a birdie run or something like that. That's kind of my scratch pad. And then from there, go out on the course, talk to people, see what you see. But yeah, it's a treasure trove. Every, every interview is different. That's the beauty of the beauty of covering golf. Kevin, you're the man, dude. We appreciate your time this morning. Real fast though. You got about like 20 seconds. What score wins this week? I will go 16 under as my initial projection without having any idea being there just through the early scores and trends. We'll go with 16 under 16 under Kevin price, man. You're the best. We appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon. Thank you guys for having me. Enjoyed it. Thanks, man. That's Kevin price associate editor at PGA tour.com. When we come back, you know, there is something I would like to get into back on conference realignment talk. So we'll kind of like set the stage there, um, get more into those athlete diaries that we kind of talked about. There are a few points that unless you were an athlete, you probably didn't think about at all. Absolutely. At at any point. So uh, we'll do that. We're at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Uh, It's coffee and cream live. Come see us. I mean, even if you can't get into the Hurt at Harbor because you don't have a ticket, you know, if you, uh, you know, give us the password, we'll say the password today is um, watermelon sugar. And then you have to do the high that, um, <laughs> you know, our, our good friend from One hit, Direction does. You have to hit the note, though. Um, and if you do that, we'll, we'll bring you in and we'll, we'll show you a good time. Uh, we'll take a short break. More coffee and cream after the break. <laughs> 